0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, December the 11th, 2023. It is currently 6.09 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And depending on which platform you were listening on, you heard about a 13-second delay. About a 13-second delay, there was nothing. It was just complete silence. Now, when this live broadcast is over, I will have to go back and edit that 13 seconds of silence out of the audio. But you know why that happened? Because I did not have everything set up properly. I wasn't ready to start. You know why I wasn't ready to start? Well, it feels like it's been about 15 years since I've been sitting in front of this microphone. So hopefully, hopefully I remember how to do this. I I don't know. I don't know. Do I know how to do this? Well, we're going to find out. I know. I know. I know what some of you are saying. To be fair, you never really knew how to do this, right? I mean, you've been messing up for 20-something years sitting in front of microphones. So why would that change today? Okay, well, maybe I wanted to get close to the end of 2023 and go, see, I have figured it out. But may- maybe 2024, I will figure out how to actually broadcast without making a mistake. Maybe. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. But-, but I will try. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, here we go. Yesterday, It is Monday. Yes. Yesterday. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Yesterday, millions of people got in their car and they drove to a church. They got out of the car. They walked into a building. They sat down in either chairs, stadium seating. um, I don't know. Uh, maybe a pew. I know that's a little old-fashioned for some churches, but you either sat down. You sat on something, right? However the seating is in your church, you sat down, and at some point, someone stood up behind a pulpit, podium, stood up on a platform, stood somewhere, took a Bible. Okay, maybe didn't take a Bible. Maybe they're holding an iPad. Maybe maybe they were showing the scriptures on a screen. But in some way, shape, or form, I know it, it, it manifests itself in many different ways, but someone stood before a group of people and gave what will be either called a homily, a sermon, a lesson. They preached. They taught. And then people, when it was over, they greeted one another, said, Hello shook hands, laughed, you know, did whatever, maybe asked some questions, maybe had some good conversations, who knows. But next thing you know, they're in the parking lot, they're in their car and they're driving home. Maybe they stopped somewhere to get lunch. Maybe they went through the drive through Maybe they stopped at a restaurant. Maybe they went over to someone's house, but then they, they were busy through their Sunday afternoon. And then for many churches, they don't have a Sunday evening service. They stayed home. They went and did other things. Or maybe their church has a Sunday evening service, but they don't bother to go back. Whatever the case may be, It was over, and now here we are on Monday. Now, the question is, do you even remember the sermon? Would you even say in any way, shape, or form, if you're even being remotely honest— that it was valuable, that it was impactful, that it was meaningful, that it was life-changing, life-altering, that it did anything. I mean, come on, now be honest. Come on. Come on, be honest. That That's just a sermon that was preached, you know, a little more than 24 hours ago. Now think about, well, it's 2023, right? We're, we're fast approaching the end of 2023. Think back for the entire year of 2023? Can you remember our sermon or sermons that were preached in January? You remember anything about them? You remember the points? Do you remember what you did with them? How you applied them? How they impacted your life? How about February? Do you remember anything? How about March, April, May, June, July, August? Do do you remember? What do you remember of all the sermons you've listened to? Are you set under in the month or in the year of 2023? What do you even remember? You may remember the TV shows you watch more. You may remember songs. You may remember books. You may remember uh, vacations. You may remember activities with your family. You may remember family get-togethers. You may remember a million things, but I am very sure that most of those sermons that were preached, they're gone. You don't remember them. You don't recall them. You may have them in your notes. I highly unlikely you'll ever even go back and actually look at those notes. So when it was all said and done, what were those sermons actually worth? Or we could say it this way. Were the sermons worth what they cost? Are sermons actually worth what they actually cost? Now, this is a subject that I have been talking about for a long time. And 2023, it may even go back into 2022. I'd have to kind of check the archives and see. See, I don't even remember everything I've talked about, but I know I've talked about it numerous times and numerous settings, either behind a pulpit or here in front of this microphone. Because this is a subject that has really, really, really resonated resonated with me um, over the last few years. Maybe, maybe the pandemic made it even more just brought it to my mind even more. It really just hit me in a a powerful way. And I think when I bring it up, it makes people a little uncomfortable, but I think it's a subject we need to discuss. So, So let me explain. I typically look at it this way. People wake up in the morning on a Sunday, they get ready, they get in a car and they drive to this building. And you look at the building, ask yourself, how much does it cost per month, per year to keep that building you know, operating to, to for upkeep, maintenance, electricity, insurance, what all the different things it costs just to keep that building, in a sense, operating and open and running smoothly month after month after month. What is the yearly cost? And then consider all the people that are employed. Maybe it's one, maybe it's two, maybe it's five, whatever. How many people are employed? How much does it cost per year to have them on staff? And then, Think of all the things the church does, activities, ministries, maybe Sunday school curriculum, all the different things. How much money does it cost to keep all of that going? Just think of the materials, the building, and the, and the personnel. How much does it cost per year for all of that? Now, when you take, all, add all of that together just to have a physical location, what are you really getting? For that, Now, I know that looks at it from a very fleshly perspective, and it bothers people greatly. But look, I'm not the only one raising these questions. I think there's an entire new generation uh, raising up going, I don't really know if that's really, I mean, it seems like a lot of money, a lot of time, and a lot of effort for what we're really getting out of it. And we're not really getting much from it. If people can't even remember sermons. And study after study demonstrates people don't even remember the sermons that are preached. So, we're going to take that kind of thing that I've mentioned numerous times. We're going to go just in a little bit different direction. We're going to kind of build onto those previous conversations by just looking specifically at the sermon itself. How much does a sermon cost? And is it worth it? This all came from an article that was published two days ago. Two days ago. Here's the article. Here's the headline. Confessions of a Pastor. $44,701 a year for sermons you won't remember. Confessions of a pastor, $44,701 a year for sermons you won't remember. Now this is confessions of someone who was a pastor. $44,701 a year for sermons you will not remember. And and then the tagline here is the costly reality of forgettable preaching the costly reality of forgettable preaching now here's how the article begins my dad was a church pastor so i grew up in the church system i inted, i attended two services every week for most of my life and i felt guilty when i didn't when i do the math in my head i estimate that i have attended over 4000 church services That's a lot of sermons, but I'll level with you out of those 4,000, I'd wager that a whopping 3,990 were about as impactful as a sermon on how to organize a sock drawer. Whoa. Okay. That's, that's a powerful confession that out of those 4,000, 3,990 were about as impactful as someone telling you how to organize your socks. That is a not to say that I didn't enjoy some of them, but as for lasting impact and change and real personal, emotional, and spiritual growth, well, it's sad to say that preaching didn't really contribute much at all. Now, we've talked about this at least to some level. Remember, I asked everyone, when you look at your spiritual life, what contributed the most to your spiritual growth? What impacted you the most? Not one person emailed me and said the local church. Nobody. Nobody said my church, my pastor, no one. Now, they may appoint to preaching or teaching, but it wasn't the local church. All right. So, um, so yes, someone in uh, the chat just said, so 10 were memorable. It appears only 10 were memorable out of 3,000, out of 4,000, which is a frightening statistic. Now, you can look back at your own life. If I count how many church services I have attended in my Christian life, I don't even know the number. I mean, it would be staggering because I've basically gone to church my whole life, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday, and almost never missed a church service. Even when I was deployed to Desert Storm, I went to my commander and was like, hey— Hey, can I, I'll work extra. Can, what What can I do to get to, you know, whichever service? The Lutheran service, the Protestant. I want to get to some church, uh, service on chapel. And they worked out. I had to work extra hours and, and I got to go to, uh, to a service. I didn't even miss it during the middle of a war. Now, that doesn't mean I'm more spiritual. Let me make it very clear. Going to church does not make one more spiritual in any way, shape or form. But guess what? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't even know how many sermons I I, 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 Most of them are long gone. And that doesn't even count the hours and hours and hours and hours of instruction and teaching and Bible colleges and seminaries and Bible institutes that I've attended and graduated from. All right. It says, later, when I went on to work for the church, I preached 200 of my own sermons. I spent hours and hours of my paid time preparing a 30 to 40 minute Uh, basically message for my congregation every week. I still have all those sermons on file, even though I don't agree now with much of what I preached back then. I can't bring myself to delete them because, well, they represent so many hours of hard work. Now, I try not to keep... Any of my notes or anything, I try not to keep anything because I don't ever want to rely on old notes for new teaching. I don't ever want to do that. But I do have notebooks filled with things that either was partially a sermon, complete sermon, led to a sermon. I do have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks and notebooks. And I do understand when I look back at all of those, that represents hours. I mean, that represents a good portion of my entire life. Now, it, it represents work. It represents effort. It represents time. It represents commitment. It represents discipline. It represents sacrifice. When I look back at all the things I did when I, as a pastor, I was a bivocational pastor. I was in the military full time and being a pastor full time I preached everything Sunday school Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday even though I was in the military full time and I had two kids oh and oh yes by by the way I was doing a podcast before they were even called podcast broadcasting hours and hours a week so it represents. And not good sacrifice, let me say. I hate to say it. In some ways, I don't know if the sacrifice was worth it because I don't think anybody even remembers any of those sermons I preach. But the people who remember all the sacrifice are my kids who remember, well, how I was basically gone for a good portion of their life because that's all I did. And I wasn't getting paid. Okay, And I wasn't getting paid to do any of that. So it was sacrifice trying to do something good, but then you look back Now I know maybe that sounds jaded. What, what does anyone even remember any of those sermons? So I do understand what they represent. He goes, whenever I had to preach a sermon, I typically spent a third to half of my working week preparing for it. Sometimes I felt bad that the people in the church were paying me and good faith for my time when it felt like I was spending it all producing content more or less. And that's what it probably feels like. A good portion of what you're doing when you've got to preach hour after hour after hour, you're spending all of your time basically producing content. You're just like a podcaster, you spend hours and hours to produce content, hours and hours thinking about what you're going to say, how you're going to structure it, how you're going to introduce it, how you're going to conclude it, hour after hour. And so as a pastor, you spend hour after hour making content, making content, and the people are paying you for that content, for the creation of that content. And then this person went on to say, it got me thinking. Is the amount of time a pastor spends preparing a sermon really worth it? Is it really worth all that time that a pastor puts in in preparing his sermons? Is it really worth it? Now, typically, what people say is that most pastors spend between, let's say, 8 to 14 hours of prep for one sermon. Well, when you preach Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday, and each of those hours is an hour of teaching, and let's say you spend 10 hours for each sermon per week, figure that out how many hours I was spending per week preparing content. Sunday school, that's 10 hours. Sunday morning, that's 10 hours. Sunday night, that's 10 hours. Wednesday night, that's 10 hours. That's 40 hours a week. And that doesn't include doing any. Thing else. Oh, yes. And then I was in the military full-time. That was more than 40 hours a week. So now I'm well over. I'm about at 90 hours a week. And all I'm doing is working and writing sermons. Oh, and then that doesn't even count anything else that I did in my life. Now, was it worth it? Was it worth it? Oh, well, let, let's see how he's going to break this down. So, how much does a sermon really cost? The article says, let's break it down. According to salary.com, the median wage for pastors in the United States is $99,337. Now that's absolutely insane. <laughs> okay. That, OK, I obviously I ended up in the wrong place because I yeah, I, I was, what most of my a good a first half of my ministry, I didn't make a cent. I didn't make a dime. And now uh, my and then after that, my church has made my house payment. So that's a basically uh, if you add that house payment basically is a thousand dollars a month. So I have made basically twelve thousand dollars a year. If you look at it from that perspective, it doesn't come to me. It goes directly to paying off the, the house. But, uh, but $99,337, okay. Particularly those who lead large churches would certainly be paid more than that. But on average, this is a little over $1,900 per week. All right, wow, $60,000, man alive. I, what was I doing? What was I doing wrong? I was doing something wrong. Okay. I was doing something. How do these pastors make all this money? What am I doing wrong? (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. I I digress. I digress. Okay. That's probably why little small churches in the middle of nowhere typically in many cases kind of get abandoned and a lot of pastors don't want anything to do with them because you can't make enough to survive. But you know what? That's a whole different podcast. All right. So about $1,900 per week. Now, how much of a pastor's working week is spent on sermon prep? When you do some research on some of the more well-known preachers going around, you find various answers. John MacArthur spends 10 to 15 Hours preparing his sermon each week. Please note, that's 10 15 hours for one sermon. That's 10 to fifteen. Every when 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 people look at the content I produce, sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, you spend 10 to 15 hours per, per, per sermon. I understand that but I teach an hour for Sunday school, an hour for Sunday morning, an hour for Sunday night, and an hour for Wednesday. That's 40 hours of prep, if not more per week, depending on what we're dealing and what, how difficult the subject may be or how, especially considering the way I teach, where I have this weird, like I do this weird system where I try to get everyone involved in it, but I have to know where I'm trying to get, I've got, I'm using kind of a, This very Socratic kind of method where I'm asking questions, but I'm trying to get everyone to a certain destination. So I have to really map it out in my head. Okay, we're going to go here. We're going to go here. Okay, I think they're not going to understand this. I don't think they're going to find this. this, Or or maybe then I'll just like I'm going to leave this section completely blank. And then we're going to figure that and then I'm going to map through it as we go through. But I've got to know where I'm trying to get to. I got to know exactly where I'm trying to lead us. So sometimes it takes me, a, sometimes it's easy and fast. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know how we're going to get there. I don't know how we're going to get there, but I'm going to try to get us there. But that's 10 to 15 hours a week for one sermon. The late Tim Keller reported that he would spend an average of 14 to 16 hours. John Piper revealed that he would typically spend all day Friday and half of Saturday and Matt Chandler even longer. So you're talking anywhere between a 10 We'll go 10 to 16 hours, 10, I'm going to go 10 to 20 hours per sermon. That's what a pastor, that's how much a sermon costs in time, 10 to 20 hours of a human being sacrificing their time to put that one, that's one sermon, ladies and gentlemen, and then they go preach it and then no one remembers it, has no lasting impact. It, it, it begins to raise lots of questions. They go on to say this. But what about an average run-of-the-mill preacher? A poll conducted by Thomas Rainer revealed that uh, over 70% of pastors spend between 10 to 18 hours per week on sermon prep. I want you to know, this is all how much for one sermon. That's why many pastors, they they... They take their hands off Sunday school and they hand it over to just other people in the church. My problem is, in many cases, they hand it over to people who are not really that qualified to be teaching in the first place. And in many cases, the Sunday school departments are absolute jokes where everyone's sitting around uh, in a semicircle, everyone putting forth their own crazy, you know, interpretation, and it's a mess. So that, but I I don't like that system. I hate that system. I hated that system before I became a pastor. I wanted my pastor to preach and teach Sunday school. I wanted someone that I knew knew what. I didn't want to sit around in a semi corner and like, hey Rob, Rob, what do you think? Hey Bob, what do you think? Hey John, what do you think? Hey Susan, what do you think? And then everyone's like, well, I think the passage means this, and I think the passage means this, and I'm sitting there screaming, going, it can't mean all of that, right? So it was just, I, I just would lose my mind, like, what are you people talking about? I couldn't. Stand that I wanted a Sunday school class where I was being taught and I was getting something out of it. If I'm going to spend an hour of my time, give me something meaningful. That was my perspective. So when I became a pastor, I'm like, that's, I'm taking it. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. I got it. I'm, I'm taking it. Now, that's a lot of work. But okay, so therefore, if you consider that a standard working week is 40 hours, then that means the average pastor spends between 25 and 45% of their working week preparing the sermon. I want you to, see, that's, oh, this just drives me crazy. So say I was spending 40 plus hours a week on all the preaching and 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 I would still get some kind of complaint, you know? I would say, "Well, we should be doing more fellowships and we should be doing more activities." And I'm like, "I'm spending 40 plus hours a week just putting together the sermons and you're still not happy, right?" Oh, man. But so the average pastor spends between 25 and 45% of their working week preparing a sermon. So most pastors spend between 25 and 45% of their week working on the sermon. Then they've got all the rest of the time to do other things. When you're the one bringing all the messages, you're spending 40 hours. But here's the sad part. The people in the pew, they don't seem to care. They don't seem to appreciate it. They just... Hey, you give me the sermon, oh, and make sure you do this, 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 and and this, and it, 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 can be, it can be maddening sometimes the way people in the church will react. All right, but here we go. Granted, many pastors would work longer hours than this and certainly would not be paid for their overtime because, yeah, you don't get paid for overtime being a pastor. That means that an, on average, a church spends between $24,834 dollars. And $44,701 per pastor per year on sermons, which works out to be between $477 to $859 per sermon. So the average church is paying somewhere between, we'll just round it up, between $500 and $900 per sermon. When you take the amount of time that goes into it, how much they're, you know, they're getting paid, breaking that down to their, you know, basically an hour, their, how much their hourly wage would be, and you do the math, that's what it basically breaks down to. So when you went to church yesterday, that sermon that you heard, it, it, it cost somewhere between 500 and $900 for that sermon to be prepared, written, and preached. And I don't know if that c- counts the hour of preaching or just counts the hours of prep. If it counts the hour of preaching, I'm assuming then that would go- at least go up a little bit, at least per whatever that one hour cost. Now, I want you to think about that. Your church paid $500 to $900 for the sermon that you heard yesterday. Was it worth $500? Was it worth $900? $900? That's a tough question. I, I'll ju- look, I'll be honest. My sermons yesterday were not worth $500, 600 700 800 900 They were not worth 100 200 300 I wasn't even happy with any of them. I don't think they were even worth $10. I had in my mind the way they were going to go. It didn't quite work out. And obviously, it was, a, it's been a, it was a busy weekend, but that's my own fault for not figuring out how to carve out more time to make sure that I was better prepared. So how much is the sermon actually worth? Was it worth? Now you may, you may be right there sitting going, man, you didn't hear the ch- sermon at my church on Sunday. That, that thing was worth way more than $500. Man, that, that baby was worth a thousand easy because you go to a, you, your sermons are trash. Our sermons are worth a thousand dollars, uh, a, a week. How, how, how much was the sermon worth? Now I don't know if you can, if you can calculate it that way, but, When it comes, we don't like that whole business part of religion. We don't like that whole business part of the church, but it's a business. Someone's getting paid a wage to sit in an office and prepare sermons and preach. And and depending if they're getting paid a wage for a 40-hour work week, well, then if you take 20 about 40 to 50% of their time is put together that sermon. Half of their salary is going to just putting sermons together. And you break that down per sermon. You're literally paying money for someone to write a sermon. Now, at that point, when you're putting forth that much money to pay for the sermon, then is there an expectation of what you're going to get out of it? Now, I don't think the average person sitting in the pew really thinks about it that way. Just think, if every sermon costs between $500 and $900, just think, that's $500, $900 a week, 500 to $900 a week. And that's only for one sermon. That's only for one sermon. So if you take that and you, and you say, all right, that's that, the pastor spends 40 hours putting together four messages each week, then there would be way, then, you know, that would be far more than 500 or $900. That would be a lot more, obviously, right? Now you're, now you're probably well over, probably 2000, dollars or more that you spend per the, per each week, just on the preaching. Now that's, that's a lot of money. That you're putting in for that. Now, where could, could that money go to something better? Could it go to something more useful? Now, you could say, no, there's nothing more valuable. There's nothing more useful than the proclamation of the word of God. There's nothing more important than the preaching of God's word. And everybody will give a spiritual amen. It will sound like Pharisees and Sadducees. But the reality is, if nobody can remember what was preached, even in this calendar year of 2023, then is it was it worth 500 to $900 per sermon? This person would go on to say, now, I would be the first to admit that $500 doesn't seem too much to pay for a top quality keynote speaker to deliver a memorable and impactful message. The problem is, is that most sermons are neither memorable, impactful, or at all that useful. Now, that's that's pretty, that's... I don't know if you agree with that, but you're saying most are not that memorable, not that impactful or that useful. And it says, don't believe me? Let's do an experiment. If you're a regular church attendee or even if you're not, do you remember the point of the last sermon you listened to? If I were a betting man, I would say that you don't remember. And research supports that view. In fact, within hours of hearing the sermon, you're likely to remember around 5% of what you were taught about the same rate as for university lectures. Christian blogger Tom Schultz did an experiment where he interviewed churchgoers on Wednesdays to ask them what they remember from the previous weekend sermons. It's an old video now, but it displays in quite a comical way how most people simply don't remember the last sermon they heard. Now, if no one can remember, and all this money is going to... We're we're not even talking the money to keep the building going. We're not even talking about the money to keep the lights on all, there's all this money just cycling through, right? Coming into the building and it goes to this and this and this and this and this and this, this. but the primary thing people go to church for it. Now, some, now I know that there's a major shift in 2023 to say, we don't come to church for the preaching. We come to church for community. We come to church for family. We come to church for friends. We come to church, not to do life alone. I know it's kind of trying to like trying to find a new way to market the church. And I know that's been going on for a long time, but I've seen that a lot more. I feel in 20. 23, because I think a lot of people now are asking this question, is it worth all the money to have a church when nobody even remembers what's preached? What? Why are we paying all this money for the building and for the upkeep and for the staff? If people show up here, you know, this is what they hear. Blah, 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 blah. That's what they hear. And then they're gone. And then they may say something in the car like, well, you know, well, I kind of thought about this. Kind of agree. Sometimes you can't even get people to talk about the sermon. They're like, whatever. So what's for lunch? And then everyone's already moved on. And by that evening, if you were sitting around the, the, the family dinner table and go, okay, guys. So what did you think about the sermon this morning? One, everyone may look at you. We're not talking about that. Two, most likely no one's going to remember. Now, maybe that's why the Bible sometimes referred to as the foolishness of preaching. Maybe there is a foolishness to it. No, I'm not saying we abandon the sermon. I'm not not going there. I'm saying that this is a reality we have to look at. And I don't know the solution. I don't know how to make it more impactful. I don't know how to get people to remember I know I've been chasing that elusive answer. I feel like my whole ministry, like, let's, let's throw out the typical sermon template and burn it to the ground because it's useless. So let's try to find a new way, get people engaged, struggle through. Instead of just teaching, let's do the theology. Instead of, let's, let's, instead of using hermeneutics to structure my interpretation, let's do the hermeneutics together, getting people involved, a whole new approach. And trust me, people don't want that. Uh, I tried that. That experiment doesn't work very well. I'm not going to go back to the old way, but the experiment did not work. I've said it before. my, My way failed. But I don't know what you do. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And sadly, a lot of pastors, they're putting in 40 hours a week, and they're not getting paid for 40 hours a week. They're putting in the time they're putting in the effort and they're not getting paid a 40, a 40 hour a week salary in any way, shape or form, not even close. There's plenty of Christian podcasters that sit in front of microphones hour after hour, after hour. And, 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 and to the people in the pew and to the people listening on their phone or however, they're listening to a podcast. It's just content. It's just content. and, they may not recognize the time, the effort, and the sacrifice going in to produce that content for them. It's just more, give me more content, give me more content, give me more content. And the people show up to church, and they're ready for a sermon, and they want a sermon. And it better be something that they like, because if they don't, they will tell you, or they will leave your church. You better preach not the way they want, on what you want, how they want, and interpret it the way they want. They show up like, this is Burger King, give me what I want, when I want now, right now. And I want this and I want to take a little off this and I want this and I want this. do it now. And if you don't, I'll leave. And they know when they leave, they're taking their money with them. I, I don't have answers here, but it's a reality. This I don't think this article really has any serious answers. Um, they go on in this talking about attention span so that, you know, most sermons is that, you know, basically they're saying, hey, the research says your sh- sermon should be shorter. OK, well, so and if you think about that, the sermon should be shorter. <laughs> so you get in your car. And to me, this is this, this then goes back to the cost, you know, cost benefit kind of analysis. Right. So you get in your car, you wake up in the morning, get dressed, get in the car, drive to church and you get a 15 minute sermon. Oh, well, you may remember the 15-minute sermon, but is it really worth all of the time and effort to get to church for a 15-minute sermon? I don't know. To me, it would be a waste of time. Now, they're arguing, well, the shorter would be better because you'll retain it. Well, maybe you will, but at 15 minutes, what are you going to get? What are you going to retain? Um, They say there's things you can do about how about how you preach, you know, different things you can do. Um, and, then, um, and then effective communication is a two-way street. There's, and then they really don't have any answers here. So does the cost-benefit analysis of the sermon stack up? Well, in my humble opinion, it's an awful lot of money to spend on something that doesn't change anyone or anything and will likely be forgotten in a few short days. So they, they say the whole thing should be just basically thrown out. That it basically, that in their opinion, it's a waste of money. It's an awful lot of money to spend on something that will not change anyone and will likely be forgotten in a few short days. And it is a lot of money. Now, I don't know what you want to do with any of that, but I thought I would at least bring it to your... This is one of the situations where I don't have any profound answer. I don't. I don't know what the pastor is supposed to do. I don't know what the people in the pew are supposed to do. The people in the pew, I believe, and I used to be more maybe harsh towards the people behind the pulpit. But I think, you know, people in the pew have to decide at some point, do they really want the sermon? Now, I'm not saying that they should be the one to completely, ultimately dictate what the church sh- should do, but I think a lot of them, if they're just honest, they really just don't care. They, they I know they're not supposed to say that, and I know they won't say that. They're like, I want a church with good preaching, I want a church with good teaching, and they're very invested at the beginning as they judge it and critique it, but then later on, it's like, does it even really matter? Because you're not going to remember anything anyway. So I think people in the pew have to make a decision of what they actually want. And I don't know what pastors do. I really don't know what pastors are to do because that's a lot of work that you put in week in, week out, week in, week out. When everyone else is off doing things, you're like, nope, not going to go do that. This very thing happened to me this weekend. We had family in. They were going to go to an activity. I could not go. It was going to be like a two-hour-plus activity, and I'm like, I, this is, I've got to use these two hours. i got to try to make the most out of these two hours to try to make sure my sermon is at least halfway ready to go. So I had to bail on uh, an activity. Everybody else was there. I could not be there. I had to sacrifice. And then when I go back and l- listen to the sermons from Sunday, they were, it was a it was a waste of two. I wasted my two hours because it wasn't sufficient. I needed more time to map it out better. And it was it was a it was, a, it, was a, it was a disaster. So I I, I I sacrificed two hours for of no not was not advantageous to anyone. Not to me. Not to the family. Not to anybody. And so even after all these years, still sacrificing. Time still doing it because if you're going to preach, you got to put in the hours. You got to put in the hours. You have to put in the hours. If you're going to do a podcast, you have to put in the hours. You have to put in the hours. And if you're a pastor of a small church, you're not going to get paid the going rate per sermon. You're not going to make $500 to $900 per sermon. I'm not going to make 500 to $900 per podcast episode. I'm not going to make 500 per $900 per Bible study exercise episode or anything else. I'm not going to come anywhere. I'm not even going to get anywhere close to that. And that doesn't even count the time. The time's gone. So when it's all said and done... You want to believe deep down that it's worth it. So you want to believe it. You want to see in your mind. When you're young and you're like, I'm going to go into ministry. You have this vision that you're going to walk to the pulpit. And immediately everyone's going to be like, ooh, and they're going to grab a pencil. They're going to have a box of pencil and a box of pencils. And they're all going to be sharp, right? They have sharpened each and every pencil. They've got them ready to go. They grab their pencil. They grab their bible. Oh wait, here here we go. They grab their bible. They grab a notebook and they're ready to go. And they're like, okay, pastor, let me go. Come on, come on, give me. And they're taking notes. And you're like, hey, you should look this up. You should do this. They immediately go home during the week. They look it up. They come back to you going, hey, pastor, I looked this up and this up. What do you think? Or they call you in the middle of the week. And it's amazing. You get a phone call and they don't complain or tell you you're trash and they're going to leave your church. They, they they are that you're wrong. And they're right. Even though they haven't studied, they call you. and like, hey, I spent four hours looking into this. And look, I looked this up and I looked this up and I got this question. That, oh and you're like, oh, awesome. Send me those questions because Sunday we'll spend the first hour going through your questions. No, 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 no. You have this vision that everybody's going to be like ready. They're excited. They want to hear. They, they cannot wait. They want to learn. You give them homework assignments. They're going to do it. You give them books to read. They're gonna because they're hungry. They're passionate. They, they care as much about the preaching and teaching of God's word as you do, maybe even more. And that's why they were looking so hard to find the right pastor because they needed someone who would communicate and they're excited and then you become a pastor and you kind of realize, well, nobody's going to really do the homework. No one's really going to read anything you suggest. Oh, you always have the small, small, small minority, typically women in the church who will read and actually do that. I hate to say that. I always offend the men, but okay. Typically the way it works. And then, but the majority are just going to, they may take notes. Hey, one thing I can't say in my church We have been—my church has been a note-taking church. I will be— I will say I have, I succeeded in that because I would just preach in a way that just basically said, you're writing this down, right? I just preached like the assumption is I'm writing it down. I'm repeating it. I'm spelling it out. I'm doing it 50 different ways because I'm making it very clear. You're supposed to be writing this down. That's why in my, if my, if you've ever seen pictures of inside our sanctuary uh, in between the pews, you'll see these tables because all everyone wanted tables in their pew because they wanted to be able to put books and be able to have a place for notebooks and pencils and everything else. So and that's why we have dictionaries. And all. so we turned it into a place of, 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 of like, almost like a university classroom. I know that's always the criticism of our church. It's too much like a university. Okay, but, um, but the point is, is we did accomplish that. We did accomplish that, but you have this vision of the way it's going to go. And then you get there and you kind of realize, I don't know what the people really want. I don't know what they want. And when you ask them, they, they, they always revert to some like spiritual cliche. Well, I just want a place where the gospel is preached. I'm like, we just spent six weeks covering the doctrine of justification. What more could you want? Well, I just don't feel like you're preaching the gospel. You don't feel like I'm preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? What are you talking? And they can never articulate it. They can never, they just say, they, they just throw out some like, I just want a place where I hear the gospel. What are you talking about? Right? And and they can never tell you. I've heard that so many times and no one is yet to articulate exactly what they mean. They're like, well, you just don't understand. Well, no, you know what? I don't understand because you are just coming up with a something spiritual to justify the fact that you just want to leave because you don't like what you're getting. Well, that just say it and just move on. Okay, that that drives me crazy. So from our pastor, I don't really know what you're supposed to do. Because the way you envision it's not the way it is. So now you take the reality. Now the reality requires the people in the pew to be much more open and much more honest and not just give you the spiritual answers. And I think many, if they were honest, were really like, you know what? I want, this is what I want in a sermon. Like, if they would just, like, you almost kind of want to go. Like, if I was to ever take another church, that's what I would do. I would walk, I would, I would send up my first Sunday. We we wouldn't even preach. I would just hand out to everyone a survey of what they want in preaching. I'm like, when you're done with the survey, you can leave. That will conclude this morning's service for you. I don't know if anyone would fill it out, but I think, I think you would get like, <laughs> I, who knows if you would even get a coherent, uh, uh, you, if the answers would be even, a a unity, or it would just be all over the place. But if people were brutally honest with what they got, if they could be anonymous, I think it would be very different if they were brutally honest. They're not giving you the spiritual answer. They're giving you the honest answer. I think a lot of times you'd be like, oh boy. All right, well, you know what? We're going to go to one service a week. (laughs) We're going to cancel everything else. Forget Sunday school. Now, some people want Sunday school because they like coffee, donuts, and fellowship. And so then you could just say the first hour is just that's all it's going to be, just a time of fellowship. Everybody come in. uh, We got the classroom open. We got some... We got some donuts. We got some, tri- and you can just go in there and sit and catch up with everyone and talk, and and you can do whatever you want. Now, someone would be like, "That's not spiritual," and someone would complain, of course. But if people really were honest, I think many would prefer that, and probably even benefit more from that than they would from a, a Sunday school lesson. So you could do that, and then this, and then and then then have the Sunday morning service where you have a full sermon, and then I think cancel Sunday night and Wednesday. Maybe you could do maybe you could do some kind of class that maybe some people would be interested in. I don't know. Five hundred to nine hundred dollars per sermon. Just think of all the money you've given went to those sermons. What did you get from it? All right, I'd love to get your thoughts on all of this. You can email me. News IF at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's news, if at yahoo.com. Do apologize for that 11-second delay at the beginning. It will be edited out here in just a few minutes. I will correct that. Probably made a million other mistakes. Apologize for those as well. But here's the good news. Each episode of the Theology Central podcast, it doesn't cost you 500 to $900 per sermon. And it doesn't cost you the money for, well, anything. So you get what you pay for, right? Okay, right? Maybe. All right. Thank you for listening. Everyone have a great Monday evening. God bless.